for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. I am Pastor Doug. I work with Pastor Doyle, and he's sitting here right with me. Pastor Doyle, great to see you once again. Well, today we're going to talk about something I know that you've done. It's a dangerous prayer, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a dangerous prayer. It's called the the prayer of direction. And several years ago, you began to pray, uh, God, um, I think I'm supposed to go home to Ohio. I want to go home. And you ask God for direction, and then what's cool about that, I feel like we were the answer to that prayer. You were. And and you were an answer to our prayers. We said, God, direct us to the next person to help us on staff, to work with uh, small groups and help us welcome people into the church to be a part of that. And see, it's a dangerous prayer to say, God, you get to choose the direction of my life. Yeah. So many people don't want to do that. And so I'm inviting you today by listening to pray that dangerous prayer. And then the second prayer is the prayer of deliverance. Mm. And I think that a lot of us are afraid that there are forces out there directing our lives and uh, we didn't know that God can deliver us from that. There are spiritual forces that are directing our lives, even if it's if it's anger, if it's depression, if it's uh, I don't know how to describe it. But there's a lot of people that are anxious today. Sometimes we like to be in a cell. Sometimes yeah. we like being locked up. We're afraid to be free. So yeah, praying to be free can be dangerous. Yeah. So God's going to set us free today. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us as we look at uh, pray first dangerous prayers. The church has so, so, I don't know, pulled back that they want to be liked by the world so much that, that, that there are certain prayers that we're unwilling to pray. Because if I pray that prayer, you know, it might change the course of my life. And, you know, I kind of like the way that my life is going right now. And I wouldn't want God to mess that up. Do you hear what you're saying? The idea that God could mess up your life, let's be honest, if there's somebody that's been messing up your life, it's the person in the mirror. The biggest problem in Doyle's life is Doyle. It's not Jennifer, it's not my kids, it's not the church next door, right? See, the biggest problem is when I try to take control of my life and I don't allow God to God to be the throne of my heart and my life. And so these these four prayers that we're going to look at today, they're considered dangerous because people don't really want God to be in the lead. And the reason that the church in our world is struggling today is because they don't really want God to run their life. They like running their life. And they don't want the standards of God. They don't want the principles of God. They don't want His power and authority to rule on the throne of their hearts. That's why these prayers are considered dangerous. Are you ready? All right, let's go. First dangerous prayer, all right? The first dangerous prayer, the prayer of direction. So this prayer is the prayer for God's will. This is about God, I surrender my life to you, and God, I'm trusting you to direct my life. 
Now, now the reason, the reason that we're a little hesitant to pray for direction is we, A, like the direction that it's going and we want what we want. B, let's be honest here. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If you'll be honest with yourself and we'll be the one, the other reason is we think we're pretty smart and I don't need God to weigh in. See, I think I know what's best for me. And, and God, see, we don't want to do, I remember, I remember when I was a, a youth pastor in Cincinnati and I, I took one of our students to lunch. Uh, this young man, he was so smart. He was, he was well-educated. He came from a fine, godly Christian family. And, and he already had his, his life all mapped out for himself between his parents' interaction. And I'm not saying all of that was healthy, nor was it all bad. If you're a teenager, you better listen to your parents. I'm not saying that, okay? But, but he thought that he could control his life. I remember looking at him and I said, well, I just have one question for you. What's that? I said, have you ever prayed about whether or not God would want you to serve him for the rest of your life? He paused for a second. He said, no, I haven't prayed that prayer. I said, well, I want you to know something. I think you would make a great pastor and that you should consider that. He said, oh, my parents would never go for that. They would not want me to be a pastor. They've orchestrated my life. And I said, That's the problem. And you need to know, one of the problems in the American church is that parents don't want their children to go into ministry because they wouldn't want that. And I'll let you fill in the blank, why not? Is it about the paycheck? Is it it about the fact that they would have to identify as a Christian? You tell me why it used to be, it used to be in America that, that one of the highest callings that your child could come to is to serve the Lord for the rest of their lives. See, part of the reason, part of the reason that we don't ask God's direction is this. We don't want to pay the freight of having to give up what we want when we want it. And see, that's the real danger of asking God for, how about this? If you're in a relationship right now, okay, those of you that are in, listen, if you're married, you're in a relationship, but you don't need to be asking direction, okay? The direction for you is to work on that relationship. But if you're, if you're dating or you're considering dating somebody, you need to ask the question, God, is this the relationship you have for me? And see, some of us are like, oh no, I don't want God weighing in on who I marry. Really? That's strange to me. I have people, they they call me after the wedding. Two years, three years, seven years, you name it. They call me after the wedding. And they're like, can you help us in our marriage? I said, I can, I'm gladly help to help you in your marriage. And I said, so did you pray about it before you got married? I remember I would ask God about relationships and I was in a relationship one time and I was praying. I said, God, uh, this, this relationship, uh, I just want to put it before you is, is, uh, should I continue in this relationship? And the Lord said to me, he said, uh, no, I think it's gone as far as it should go. I said, oh, wow. Okay, Lord. 
I received that. And I, and I went and I broke up. Now, let me just say something to you. I did not look at this young lady and I say, this is before Jennifer. All right. So all of you that are worried right now, she's been a part of this conversation. Okay. I did not go to this young lady and say, God told me to break up with you. What kind of sicko says that? Don't raise your hand. Some of you've done it. See, now, let me tell you something. If somebody looked at me and said, God told me to break up with you, I would say, thank you, Jesus, because that kind of crazy I don't want to be with for the rest of my life. <laughs> right? But what you do is, you, some of you right now, you're like, well, how do, you, how do you break up with somebody? You say, well, I want you to know you're a wonderful person, but I don't think I'm ready to continue in this relationship. Now, that is no problem. It's zero problem. It's zilch problem if you haven't done anything inappropriate in the relationship. If you've treated that person with value, but you haven't used them as your sexual partner. See, if you follow the biblical standard, you can have a relationship with somebody that be healthy, value them healthily, and you can... You can end that relationship and still be their friend. You can see them at church, in the neighborhood, and guess what? Not a problem. See, direction becomes important about what job you choose. I have people, they, they, they move away. They, they, they pick jobs and they pick new homes. And, and I say, so tell me, how did that prayer look like? Oh, no, we just knew what we were supposed to do. I've never, never not prayed about where I live. I've never not prayed about what job I have. I've never not prayed about everything in my life. He, he can give me direction. I pray about crazy things. What dishwasher to buy? And he provides the right one for me. Listen to David. This is, this is from 2 Samuel chapter 5. As David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went. Notice the obedience. See, some of you are not asking for God's direction because you kind of have a gut level feeling already. Something might not be right about this and I might have to do. See what I'm saying? You don't, but David was obedient. We're reading through the Bible and in Abraham, it says, leave, leave where you are and go to the land I'm showing you. And he promptly obeys. One of the things I did a couple years ago when I was reading through the Bible, every time someone, God spoke to them, I underlined it. And then I wrote in the, in the margin, prompt obedience. And there is a hallmark of godly people. They expect God to direct them and they promptly obey. They don't wait six months and like, you know, they, they know God told you to break up and six months later, you're still in the relationship trying to figure out how to get out. Dude, can I say this? Do not be mean to the other person so they break up with you. That is not a Christian approach to break up. See what I'm saying? David is saying, God, uh, should I go into battle? Keep listening to him. He keeps asking God for direction through the process. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the troops of the poplar trees, move quickly, 
Because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. See, you and I, we have to get in the habit that when we're making decisions in life that we go to God. If you want to have the best life in this world, if you will get to know the creator that designed you for life, he understands you. So the word is a part of that. And prayer then becomes a part, God, help me how to live the best life you have for me. He will direct you in that. And as you're reading through the Bible, you're going to be shocked at how many people get good direction from God. And and this is why it becomes important to you and I as a church. All right. Now, why do people think this is dangerous? The reason they think the prayer of direction is dangerous is because it is dangerous to you having your way. And some of the ways that you and I have are ungodly. And we have to abandon those. And that's why they think it's dangerous. But for the church, not dangerous. For the people who are already sold out for Jesus, not a dangerous prayer. Because God's best is what I want every time. And God's best, I'll give him my best. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So, Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the ACTS method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at doylejackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to doylejackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. Second dangerous prayer, all right? The prayer of deliverance. The prayer of deliverance. Now, the reason this is so frightening is because, well, what if there really is a spiritual problem here? And and we don't like the idea of something spiritual going on that we don't have control over. Listen, the, the spiritual realm is real. You and I cannot deny that. And so the idea of praying for deliverance, it's like, well, that means I, I might have some sort of spiritual force that's impacting my life. Yes, you can be impacted by spiritual forces, all right? 
Every human being has a spirit. You have a spirit, I have a spirit. If I try to force you to do something, I'm actually using my spirit or my body to compel you to do something. You're living with the reality that spiritual forces forces can come against you. What most people don't understand is that when I or you, when we get involved with something that is ungodly, let's say you and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to imply anything, but, but let's say you and I begin to allow a sin to entertain our thoughts and, and we begin to kind of play with that. I have a friend that um, years ago, he got into an affair with a coworker, and he said, I can tell you when it started. I said, tell me. He said, she laughed at one of my jokes at work one day. And he said, as I heard her laugh, I thought, wow, she laughs at my jokes. I don't think my wife laughs at my jokes anymore. And he said, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. You say, well, what does that have to do with spiritual things? Well, this is what happens. When you and I begin to believe ungodly thoughts, can I say something about sin? Every, every one of us that entertains sin, we do not imagine that it would have a permanent effect on our life. We always think sin is temporary. But if you entertain sin, if you, if you allow it to have its, have its way, it's going to hang around. And this is what I've seen in my life. An ungodly approach, an unholy or a sinful approach to life is like cracking the door of your home. Open it up. You let it in. Now, you may, you may later say, now get out. You know, I, no, I, that's not good. And you try to shut. But what happens is every time you open that door for a sin, you're letting that in. And you're letting a spiritual force behind that sin come in. This is why you and I welcome the Holy Spirit of God into our life, into our home, okay? And what I've seen in people's life is this. Something that became a, a sin for a little while welcomed them to a spirit. And other people, they, they got into such a habit, it just, they just took the door off the hinges and threw it to the side, and that sin can come and go anytime. And when we talk about deliverance, people will always say, well, do you believe, believe that it's a, a, it's a spirit that, that is oppressing you, or it's, it's just coming, or it's, it's full-on possession? I'm telling you, it's like the door. It depends. If you allow an ungodly spiritual force to run your life, it will stay as long as you let it. And deliverance is a de declaration that you're no longer going to let it have its way in your life. Let me, let me give you some other examples. When, when, when you begin to think, well, I want to know the direction for my life, and you go to a source other than the Holy Spirit, and you're like, I need to know direction. And so you get out your horoscope. You go to a palm reader. You, you, start, you start doing 1-800 numbers to talk to psychics. You're asking a spirit other than the Holy Spirit for direction in your life. When you start looking at the stars, when you start, no, 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 no. You're looking to a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. That's dangerous. You're not just cracking the door. You're open the door. And so now an unholy spirit is directing your life. That's dangerous. When people believe that they can play with spirits, it's not good, okay? 
Don't do Ouija boards. Don't do table tipping. I could go on and on. Anything to do with the occult is opened you up to, well, pastor, I did that years ago. Good. You go back and you clean up the mess and you kick it out. You say, God, forgive me. I should have never done that. I break any curse that that would bring on my life. I break the hold of my life through the power of the blood of Jesus. God, forgive me. That was wrong. That was a sin. I declare that Jesus and your Holy Spirit are the only thing directing my life. You say, Pastor, help me with this. Okay, look to Jesus. Open your Bibles. Open your notes right here. Matthew 8, 28 and 29. And when he, Jesus, came to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, "What, What business do you have with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? There's, there's several things in this passage, and I, I don't have time to fully unpack it. I would like to. Number one, notice that the demons recognize God and Jesus. Number two, recognize they realize that Jesus had authority over their life. And recognize they expect God to torment them one day. Hmm. Why? Because right now they're tormenting his beloved you. And, and, and they know that they're destined to deal for the hell that they've dealt out. So if they believe in that, why wouldn't you believe that spiritual forces can impact your life? And it's time for you to tell them, get out. I will not allow you to any longer harass me. I may have let you in, but you no longer have rent in my life. And you can do that by, by any sin that you've welcomed them in or any participation in the occult, okay? And how do you get rid of them? Through the power of the name of Jesus. See, it's through the blood and the power of Jesus that you overcome Satan. You don't have to be afraid of spiritual forces. Listen, Hollywood believes in spiritual forces. All the streaming networks out there, all the movie companies out there, they keep trying to introduce you to ghosts, to demons, to, to, to evil, to, to hate. Notice, notice that the spirits caused violence. Hmm. If there's violence along, it may not be the Holy Spirit bringing it about. Why is, the, why is the world worried about the church? We are not harming people. It's the evil spirits in this world. It's the, the spirit of this age. And if you and I will begin to pray, the spirits will be cast out. In, in Acts chapter 19, a group, seven sons of Sceva, they began to realize that there were spiritual forces and that people needed deliverance. They went out to pray for somebody and they recognized that the name of Jesus was powerful enough to deliver people. They start praying for this person and then they get jumped on and, and, and the spirits say, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? What does that tell you? That tells you that these guys were not committed to Jesus, that these guys did not understand through the, the, what power they were using to deal with the spiritual forces. And see, you and I shouldn't take it lightly. This is what it means. It means that you and I, 
We should understand that we don't have to be afraid of spirits if we are completely sold out to Jesus. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb for three days, and he rose again, and that he did that so that you and I could have a relationship with God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me, and we don't have to be afraid of spiritual forces. Okay? Praise God. That's worthy of a hand clap. I agree. All right? In, in chapter 16 of Acts, it tells us Paul's going along, they're preaching, and in, in, the, in the gathering of people, there's this young woman who's been involved in uh, divination and, and giving people direction for their lives. Her, she, was, she was a slave. We won't even go there. So she was held by these people and then they used her and she would seek the spirits other than the Holy Spirit to give people insight for direction. But she's in, in, in the crowd as Paul is preaching and she says, this is, this is the spirit of the living God. And, and she keeps harassing him. She's causing an interruption in the church service. And finally, Paul can take it no more. And he says, come out in the name of Jesus. And she is delivered. Now, the people that own her and the people in the community get mad because they liked going to her for advice and insight. This is interesting, isn't it? It teaches us the power over the spirits, but the world in which you live likes the spirits. The world in which you live, the community in which you live, they like the demonic forces. They worship the demonic forces. They want to hang on to the demonic forces. See, if you and I believe in deliverance, we begin to believe, you know what? I don't want any part of the violence, the evil, the, the, the ungodliness of this world. You've been listening to Pray First Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous prayers. Uh, it really is something, Pastor Doyle. Yeah, I believe that uh, prayer will change your life, and that's dangerous because most of us don't want changes uh, in that way. But once you get the courage up to begin to pray those, they'll change your life. And so now I'm a dangerous prayer person. Yes, I'm a dangerous prayer person too. But think about that. We are working with God when we pray. I really yeah. believe that's what happens is that we he's delegated some authority, some uh, some power to us and we are exercising and saying we're going to change things around us and that does get dangerous but it's awful good as well. Well, when the kingdom comes in, it pushes back darkness and it it opens new way for other people to get freedom and sometimes the enemy doesn't like it. That's partially why it's dangerous. I mean, think how many times they prayed in the New Testament, and they went into a new place, and then suddenly they're being kicked out of town. You know, when you and I say yes to God, it will sometimes increase the persecution in our life. It'll increase some of these things. So we don't want to be afraid. That's why we're going to talk about it in this series. So come back tomorrow uh, and be a part of this lesson as we continue to talk about Pray First. And if you don't want to wait until tomorrow, we do have a catalog of shows, podcasts, episodes that we have done together. You can go to Doyle Jack com and you can find a list of those or you can just go to your podcast provider wherever you like to get your shows search Doyle Jackson we will pop up and you'll be able to listen more your next step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus Ohio your prayers for us are always valued but to help keep us on the air visit doylejackson.com and click give that's doylejackson.com You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. 
Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.